Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit in the wilderness, where for 40 days he was tempted by the devil. He ate nothing at all during these days. And when, he was o- and when they were over, he was famished. The devil said to him, If you are the Son of God, command this stone to become a loaf of bread. Jesus answered him, It is written, One does not live by bread alone. Then the devil led him up and showed him, and in an instant, the kingdoms of the world. And the devil said to him, To you I will give the, their glory and all authority, for it, is given over, it has been given over to me, and I give it to anyone I please. If you then still worship me, it will all be yours. Jesus answered him, It is written, Worship the Lord your God and serve only him. Then the devil took him to Jerusalem and placed him on the pinnacle of the temple, saying to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down from here. For it is written, He will command his angels concerning you to protect you. And on their hands they will bear you up, so that you will not dash your foot against a stone. And Jesus answered him, It is said, Do not put the Lord your God to the test. When the devil had finished every test, he departed from him until an opportune time. The word of God to the people of God. Thanks be to God. We give welcome again to those of you who are in the house, and those of you who uh, are worshiping with us online, whether you're worshiping today or you're worshiping sometime later in the week. We want to thank you for being here, giving your time so that you may praise God. We want everyone to know that everybody, whenever, whatever time that you worship, you are part of the Good Shepherd family. Uh, take a minute this morning, those of you that are in the house, if you want to wave at each other and let you know that you're here, wave to our online folks so that we know that they are a part of our welcome as well. Today we began our Lenten sermon series. It's called Gathered Up in Jesus. Lent began last Wednesday as we recognized our humanness and we began to, to journey seeking reconciliation offering repentance, practicing self-denial, and desiring a deeper connection to Christ. We began by examining our, our lives for habits that we need to remove or disciplines that we should increase in order to demonstrate our repentance for ourselves and to Christ. We confessed our shortcomings and we received forgiveness. During Lent, we need to spend more time in prayer and study so, so that we can grow closer to God. We remember that life's treasures are not found in the collection of our stuff, but in the accumulation of things that really matter in life. Those relationships, our love for others and for God. Lent is a time for us to, to reorder our lives individually and as a faith community so that we become more committed as followers of Christ. Lent is both rich and scary. As we dig deeper into our faith practices and compare our lives to Christ's examples, that can be scary, can it? Because we know we can't survive this comparison without the realization that discipline and grace go hand in hand and that we cannot accomplish perfection. That's hard for some of us, isn't it, to, to realize that we can't be perfect in everything that we do. But you know what? It's okay. 
The only hope that we have of enduring this holy Lent is the hope that we do not go through life alone. We possess the hope of being gathered in Jesus' arms, protected and loved beyond understanding by the one who wants nothing more than to gather us up under his wings like a hen gathers her brood. The theme verse for this sermon series is found in Luke 13, verses 34, as Jesus stands and laments over Jerusalem. Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the city that kills the prophets and stones those who are sent to it. How often have I desired to gather your children together as a hen gathers her brood under her wings, and you were not willing. Jesus calls us. Jesus calls us to a deeper faith-filled living as we recognize Christ's loving grace around us. Now, Lent can be a downer. We spent three weeks getting ourselves fired up and, and for this new thing that God is doing, and all of a sudden, here we are in Lent. And Lent is a bit of a downer. But the beautiful thing about Lent is that it prepares us for Easter And Sundays in Lent are kind of like little Easter's, those times when we can celebrate all that God is doing in us and for us as we journey along this Lenten journey. Now we spent these last three weeks hearing about this new thing that God is doing at Good Shepherd United Methodist Church. And what Lent does for us is offers us an opportunity to prepare ourselves for God's ministry ahead as we prepare our hearts and our minds and our spirits for the celebration of Easter. As we prepare for the celebration of the resurrection, may we also prepare for the new ministries and for the future at Good Shepherd. When we strengthen our spirituality, our faith becomes real to us in tangible ways. The Lenten season is an opportune time for growth, for seizing prospective ministries, and for recognizing the joy of belonging to a faith community. As we strengthen our personal spirituality, we can also increase our recognition of God's new thing within our faith community. Let us seize the opportunity to grow in knowledge and wisdom as we recognize our need and desire for more Christ, more discipleship, and more connection. May we remember that Christ came not to condemn, but to save. Today's scripture reading from Luke reminds us that Jesus endured temptation as he began his earthly ministry. The story of Jesus' temptation is found in each of the synoptic Gospels, each with its own unique twist and focus. Now Luke's version is the most complete version as it creates a circuitous picture of marking Jesus' ministry. Jesus' ministry begins and ends at the temple. Its beginning foreshadows how Jesus' ministry will proceed. The author of Luke clearly identifies who Jesus is and from where his power and authority originates. We see from the very beginning Jesus' resolute determination to carry out the purpose for which he was sent. That purpose is to glorify God and to redeem God's people. Because Jesus was tempted, we can recognize our own ability to be tempted. 
The difference is that Jesus did not succumb to the temptations of material gain or prestige or power. Humanity cannot make this claim, can we? We can't do it on, any, on, on many levels, but even on a personal level, we cannot, we cannot claim that we don't succumb to that temptation. Temptation, for most of us, is a way of life. We simply must make the choice that best honors God. However, choosing wisely is not always a simple task, is it? Even in the season of Lent, we face temptation. Do we take this opportunity to, uh, to deepen our faith and our commitment to God? Or do we grow, and we desire to grow closer to God, but do we take that opportunity? Or do we choose that easy way to the resurrection and avoid the sacrifice? It's personal choice, but those choices shape our faith in ways that, that are kind of difficult to explain. Do we really want to sacrifice something? Our time, our effort, our, our favorite indulgent for the next six weeks? just to deepen our spirituality? Will we be tempted to opt out or to cheat in order to function on our daily routine without drawing attention to ourselves or, or our faith practices? What is it about Lent that places so much pressure on us to conform? Well, it's our desire to connect with our Creator. That's an innate thing inside of us. Even if we don't think we want to connect, sometimes we can't help but connect. And that is God drawing us into that connection that God desires. It's connection that we may not even know is present, but it draws us into relationship. Because temptation is a part of our everyday lives, today's story gives us a glimpse into the nature of evil. But at the same time, Jesus' responses to temptation helps us to understand the nature of Christ in the person of Jesus. These topics are a lot to digest and, and maybe more than our human minds can handle in one setting. But while Lynn is a time of self-examination, confession, and facing our own mortality and the temporary nature of our human condition, it's more importantly an invitation to reorder our existence both temporally and eternally. We begin Lent in the wilderness with Christ because we too live in the wilderness between now and eternity as we live out our eternal life here on earth. Jesus was tempted in every way that we are. He was hungry and hurting because we are hungry and hurting. He was tempted with shortcuts just as we are. Things by which Jesus were tempted were, were not really bad things. They are the same temptations that we face every day. Rembrandt depicted several um, images of the devil tempting Jesus. And in one of those illustrations, Jesus and the devil look like friends rather than adversaries as they walk down a country road deep in conversation. As the devil walked step by, just one step behind Jesus and his wings around Jesus' shoulder, his face was realistically human and, and the scene was intimate. Everything appears to be friendly and reasonable. Isn't that scene much like our own temptations? Hard to recognize, 
seemingly reasonable and appearing to meet that immediate need or desire. Now too often we want to stop at this understanding of the temptations of Jesus and parallel Jesus' choices with our own lives and our own shortcomings. But if we look deeper into Scripture, we see the nature of God through Jesus. Maybe one that contradicts our, our comfortable understanding of who God is. Jesus chooses to act in a way that makes the cross inevitable. Jesus says no to the ultimate authority in the realms of economic, political, and spiritual power that we often attribute to God. Now, I'm not questioning God's authority in all things heavenly or earthly for that matter. I'm simply suggesting that God has more concerns than our personal gain, who makes political decisions, and what miracles we deem important. God is more concerned that we, as disciples of Christ, love God above all else and demonstrate that love to others unconditionally. God wants what's best for us, and that truth originates in God's deep love for us and God's desire for relationship with us. <laughs> you didn't notice that Jesus didn't agree to any of the devil's offers, right? Had, had he settled for these alternatives, he would just have been a revolutionary leader, a skilled politician, and, and a beloved ma magician. He just wouldn't have been the savior of the world that he was destined to be. Now, we probably would not even be here 2,000 plus years later worshiping God as a redeemed people had Jesus chosen to accept the proposals offered to him. Have you ever thought about that? We see God's strength not from a human understanding, but from a divine perspective as we witness Jesus' refusal to participate in human power. As we take those first steps toward the cross this Lenten journey, may we begin to perceive just how different God's ways are from our ways. Now, Jesus eventually fed hunger. He lorded over many as he, as he drew people into God's kingdom. He was lifted up and put his life and trust in God as he climbed that hill to Golgotha for each of us. Jesus' priority were in line with God's will. He made the right choices at the right time for the right reasons. We are called to do the same. Making the right choices for the wrong motivation is just as problematic as falling prey to the temptations that we face. Through Jesus' temptations in the wilderness, we learn that simply going through the motions of our faith is not enough. When we approach our faith half, half committed to, to doing the right thing or just practicing faith, faith because it's the thing to do, we will not fully experience our faith. Jesus invites us to fully engage in our faith journey, to think through the consequences of our actions and check our motivation for our decisions. Jesus wants us to face the world's challenges supported with God's Word, secure in our relationship with God, and sure of the Holy Spirit's presence in our lives. If we look at the examples of Jesus, He never approaches anything halfway, does He? We are invited to live out our faith with that same commitment that we find in Christ. Too often, we fall short of our total commitment in our faith because we have too much going or, or we make excuses for practicing our faith. We simply approach our faith half-heartedly. While our faith is a personal experience, we cannot do faith alone. 
We must surround ourselves with other faith-minded folks who, who pray with us and for us, who study with us, folks who hold us accountable and challenge our practices and support us in times when, when we just don't have the full capacity to be a faithful follower. A faith community gives us a place where like-minded people devoted to Christ-like living can come together and function as one. Not one person, but have one focus. And that focus is Jesus Christ. At the end of our reading today, we're told that the adversary went away until an opportune time. Now, we're not told what that opportune time was for Jesus, but what we do know is that we face opportune times in our own lives when we are tempted. Sometimes these opportune moments of temptation seem to come all too often and all at once. Temptation threatens to overwhelm us. We are less than focused on our faith, and that's when temptation creeps into our lives, even sometimes when we least expect it. What can we do? How can we prevent succumbing to the inevitable temptations that come our way? We can prepare. We can prepare to resist temptation by keeping ourselves connected to Jesus through prayer. Prepare by by staying grounded in the Word through study. We can prepare with confidence that the examples of Jesus provide wonderful responses to what life throws at us. Jesus gives us tools to respond in faith and not in disbelief. To respond and not to react. To respond with a divine perspective and not a human one. Lent is a time to prepare ourselves for the challenges of life's temptations as we refocus our faith and recognize our need for repentance and reconciliation with God. And maybe, just maybe, reconciliation with others and in our own lives. May this Lenten journey begin a time for each of us to recommit to and to refocus with our faith. Journey onward, my friends, with a faithful step that is a committed resolve. As we come to the table this morning, remember that it's open to everyone. It's not just the United Methodist table. It's not just Good Shepherd's table. But this is the table of Christ, and all are invited. Come with that spirit of of recommitment to your faith, celebrating all that God is doing within you. All are welcome. Let us come to the table. As we come this morning, you may find uh, in the hymnal on page uh, on page 30, 12, not 13, 12. Hear these words. Christ the Lord invites to his table all who love him, who earnestly repent of their sin and seek to live in peace with one another. Therefore, let us confess our sin before God and one another. Merciful God, we have confessed that we have not loved you with our whole heart. We have failed to be an obedient church. We have not done your will. We have broken your law. We have rebelled against your love. We have not loved our neighbors. And we have not heard the cry of the needy. Forgive us, we pray. Free us for joyful obedience through Jesus Christ our Lord. 
Amen. Hear the good news. Christ died for us while we were yet sinners. That proves God's love toward us. In the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. Glory to God. Amen. The Lord be with you. We lift up the Let's start the that again. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right and a good and joyful thing, always and everywhere, to give thanks to you, Almighty God, Creator of heaven and earth. You brought all things into being and called them good. From the dust of the earth you formed us in your image and breathed into us the breath of life. When we turned away and our love failed, your love remained steadfast. When rain fell upon the earth for forty days and forty nights, you bore up the ark on the waters, saved Noah and his family, and made covenant with every living creature on earth. When you led your people to Mount Sinai for forty days and forty nights, you gave us your commandments and made us your covenant people. When your people forsook your covenant, your prophet Elijah fasted for forty days and forty nights, and on your holy mountain, He heard your still, small voice. And so, with all your people on earth and all the company of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. Holy, holy, holy Lord, God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Holy are you and blessed is your Son, Jesus Christ, When you gave him to save us from our sin, your spirit led him into the wilderness where he fasted for 40 days and 40 nights to prepare for his ministry. When he suffered and died on the cross for our sins, you raised him to life, presented him alive to the apostles during 40 days and exalted him at your right hand. By the baptism of his suffering, death, and resurrection, you gave birth to your church, delivered us from slavery to sin and death, and made with us a new covenant by water and the Spirit. Now, when your people prepare for your yearly feast of Easter, you led us to the repentance for our sins and for the cleansing of our hearts. During these 40 days of Lent, may we be gifted and graced to reaffirm the covenant you made with us through Christ. On the night in which he gave himself up for us, he took bread broke the bread and gave it to his top disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. When supper was over, he took the cup, blessed it and gave thanks to you and said, Drink from this, all of you, for this is the blood of the new covenant poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. And so... In remembrance of these, your mighty acts in Jesus Christ, we offer ourselves in praise and thanksgiving as a holy and living sacrifice in union with Christ's offering for us as we proclaim the mystery of faith. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. Pour out your Holy Spirit on us gathered here and on these gifts of bread and wine. Make them be for us the body of Christ 
and the blood of Christ that we may be for the world the body of Christ redeemed by his blood. By your spirit, make us one with Christ, one with each other and one in ministry to all the world until Christ comes in final victory and we feast at his heavenly banquet. Through your son Jesus Christ, with your Holy Spirit, in your holy church, all honor and glory is yours, almighty God, now and forever. Amen. As we come to the table this morning, the bread and juice are here for us. Come and stay at the altar. Say some prayers. Keep your social distance and just come as you are led. Receive your elements here and then we will pray together.
Go from this place knowing that God goes with you as a refreshed and reconciled people to serve the world. Amen. Good job. Awesome.